Hello, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Prep Extra Podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. We're continuing our postseason coverage. We got state volleyball this week. State football continues and all of it is covered here on today's episode of the Prep Extra Podcast. Along with Luke Mullen, I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom, and we're not, we're going to go into it right away. Luke, we had first round of playoffs this last week. We said everyone heard our takes, our quick analysis after the first round on Friday night on the Prep Extra Rewind. Make sure to go watch that if you haven't. But a lot of upsets. We're going to start in Class A, and I mean, probably the upset of the year is number 16 seed Omaha North beating number one seed Miller South 49-42. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that's the first ever 16 yep. versus one upset in Class A. It is, yeah, since they made it 16 teams. First time 16 has beaten one, and honestly not that surprising. I mean, usually, and not that it was any different this year, but the number one team is there for a reason, you know, undefeated the whole regular season. And I I said it in a column that I wrote a couple of days after, like, I don't think anybody saw this coming. You know, maybe you thought Millard South could be knocked off in the title game, maybe the semifinals. But no. the first round, I mean, for a team that really hasn't been close all year, I mean, Bell West, that was a close game till the end of it. And Omaha North actually played them very close the first time around as well, uh, mostly in the first half there. But Millard South was just by and far the best team in Class A, yeah. some of the best talent. And even when Stanger had been out, they'd still won two games pretty handily. But Omaha North, I only got a chance to watch them week one against Southeast. And, I mean, ultimately it was clear the talent was there. You know, maybe some of the plays, the execution, obviously they didn't play last year. Um, So that factors in super heavily to guys that have a year less varsity experience, all sorts of stuff. Really tough schedule, too. I think looking back, you can kind of be like, how did they lose to Lincoln Southwest a couple weeks ago? Like, how... How did they start 0-5, you know, with, with the benefit of knowing what they go on to do? But ultimately, for that team, that is just such a credit to Coach Martin, the coaching staff, all those players that, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of 0-5 teams that enrollment, attendance starts dropping off after you start that big losing streak. So to all those starters that, you know, kept showing up, fighting for their season, four wins in a row to close it out, and then... What a shocker. I mean, 49 points. Yeah. That's crazy against a defense as good as Millard South. So that's pretty wild. Engaged Stinger through six touchdowns, correct? Yep, all six. Yeah, just unreal. And Jordan Williams to Kishon, Keyshawn Williams for 36 yards with 16 seconds left was the game-winning touchdown. And, I mean, just the run of Omaha North football winning a couple of state titles back in that 2015 to 2018 uh, yeah. run. And now – pulling off the first 16 versus one upset. Put Larry Martin in the Hall of Fame now, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Um, when I spoke to the Grand Island coach, Jeff Tomlin, he said, it doesn't matter what seed they are. They're always going to be one of the favorites. And when, when you have that history, I mean, their run in the 2010s has been pretty cool. Yeah. If you look back at like decades of football, as one that definitely stands out. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll get to it. You know, we'll get to some of the matchups down the road but obviously with only eight teams left their their path is pretty wide open yeah and i mean you spoke about green island just then with jeff tomlin his team upset creighton prep by a score of 30 to 28 green island was an 11 seed prep a six seed and man just this whole class a bracket was just blown open because we, yeah. we said in our preview it's hard not to imagine in the final a combination of prep millard south and bellevue west and nope 
Bill West is the only one standing now. <laughs> exactly. Well, it just goes to show, I think, like, during the regular season, you get kind of these perceptions of the teams, like, just based on the record, who they play, you think there's these huge gaps, yeah. and certainly I did, too, um, but ultimately, playoffs is just a one-off game. Whoever's hot that day just has a better night. You know, during the regular season, you brush that off, but playoffs, it's like, yeah. there's no coming back from that, obviously. And so Grand Island, that was a team that had really been tested, some some great games over the course of their regular season, but... You know, I thought there was a gap there, but there really wasn't. I think the prep defense got dissected a little bit in the passing game, which is quite interesting, considering how easily they stopped Walters, pretty much bottled him up for three quarters. So that's just wild. Credit to Titan Fife out there at Grand Island. Mm-hmm. Might know him, his older brother, Riker Fife, former Husker. And, yeah, he threw for over 300 yards, and I think they had about 10 yards rushing, which that prep defense still showed up in the run game, but... Yeah, passing-wise, total credit to Grand Island there. And just a, another great upset over one of those teams that I thought had the chance to make a run as well. It's interesting because obviously being from Kearney, Grand Island is Kearney's biggest rivals. But they're very similar mm-hmm. in terms of program consistency and just how tough they are once the playoffs begin. Because, I mean, like Kearney had, they had the possession with about five and a half minutes left, a chance to tie against Elkhorn South. And, of course, G.I. pulls the upset here. Anytime those two make it to the playoffs, they're always tough outs because they're disciplined. They run the ball. They usually have a pretty decent defense. Um, and, I mean, that's kind of what you get, and they're always tough to knock out of the playoffs, and that proved once again. Uh, so Grand Island advances in the second biggest upset in Class A. But on to Lincoln teams. Both were one and duns. Lincoln East dropped to Gretna 59-42, while Omaha Burke defeated Lincoln Southeast 21-3. And Luke, you were at that uh, East Gretna game. Yeah, I give I give total credit to East. Honestly, that was it was a well-played football game. I think, you know, ultimately in terms of talent, you know, I'll, I'll see how the final rankings shake out. They'll, they'll probably be around 9th or 10th just based on what they did this season. But caliber of team, they might be 7th or 8th best in Class A. Probably deserving of a trip to the quarterfinals, but couldn't really play up to that level to get themselves a better seeding in the regular season. And then that game with Gretna, total credit to Walters, breaks Class A passing record, came close on the touchdowns, and I think he also broke the per-game yardage record, mm. which, you know, he did it in, in 10 games yeah. versus, I th- well, the Cedric Case record was 10 games as well. But I think the per-game total was 11 or 12. So, I mean, just a phenomenal year from him. Five touchdowns, just was a warrior out there. Um, but we spoke about it time and time over the season we knew what their offense was. They're a given commodity. They're going to score. But could the defense do it? And they forced a punt the first two drives. And after that, it was just game over. Gretna just rolled. Had a great game plan. I think the way that they mixed the pass and the run, they got some great athletes there. And really looking like a top team this year as well. So I, th- I think they go out with their heads held high knowing it was a strong effort. You know, they didn't get destroyed like prep that mm-hmm. that Week 9 game. So... Tough one to take, but at the same time, you know, they, they left it all out there. Then Omaha Burke dispatches Lincoln Southeast 21-3 and probably an expected result, maybe a tad closer, more like 21-10. But, I mean, Burke was favored, and they yep. did they did their jobs. Yeah, I think just over the course of the whole season, um, just everything you would show, Burke way more consistent in terms of just their scoring, the output, the way that they play against other teams, you know, They've had a lot of kind of 21-10, 24, yeah. 14 games like that. That's how they win. 
And for Southeast, just same thing that, that's been popping up, just the lack of offensive output. Um, credit to their defense and, and credit to some of those playmakers. It's just always tough, you know, to, to string those real big drives together to march 70 yards and get like four or five first downs. They really needed the big plays was their key to just scoring all year. And obviously Burke didn't let that happen. I think they probably scouted them to figure that out, leave yeah. some guys over the top. And that, that just showed in the three-point output. And for Southeast, I think, you know, you have to do consider that it is a pretty disappointing year after going 8-1 and one last year, had some pretty big aspirations, I'm sure, to, to be at a similar point in the season. And a little bit of a letdown, 5-5. Five and five. They did play a tough schedule, um, but just a, a great senior class that, that they'll be missing quite a lot next year. Yeah, and I mean, nothing else comes up on the Class A radar as well in terms of upsets. It's giving an interesting top eight, especially in that. It is, yeah. North Platte, Oman, North matchup. We'll talk about that a little later. But on Class B, really not – no upsets at all. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe one of the biggest storylines was just how bad Waverly beat up on Northwest, 59-13. Otherwise, everyone won. Everyone did what they were supposed to do. They won. Yeah, I think I was I was expecting that to be a pretty close, yeah. contested matchup. And definitely it makes you think about how fired up, how good they're going to be going into that game against Bennington. Obviously, we'll preview that in a minute. Um, but that that's just a huge win for Waverly. That offense is just rolling right now. Defense is good as always. Total credit to them. Bennington winning at the top pretty handily. And as well, Elkhorn and Aurora, two of the other favorites, and Scott as well. And a little bit interesting, Plattsmouth, 19-13 over Gross, which I think is one of the, I think it might be their lowest point total of the year. We could double-check that. Um, but... They have a really good offense. I mean, Manessis, their running back, they put up 30, 40 points pretty regularly. Um, so that one that one was kind of interesting. Makes me think that Plattsmouth-Scut matchup could be pretty pretty even going forward. But I think, yeah, th- this week kind of showed in Class B that it is very close, but very close among top eight, top ten. The depth for 16 teams in, in a 24-team class or whatever it is is... There's clear why there's yeah. a, a bit of a drop off there, and that was the lowest point total. Yeah. Um, their previous lowest total was a 21-14 win over Waverly back on October 8th, um, and they now Waverly plays Bennington, yep. and Plattsmith will get. Uh, let me look here. They get Scott. Scott, yes, that one. That one could be interesting too. Like you mentioned, things can get crazy from yeah. here on out, but. What was kind of crazy, too, was C1, a lot of close results. I mean, every every game except maybe for a couple were pretty, uh, really close in competition and whatnot. The biggest upset was number 12 seed Battle Creek defeating then the 5 seed and previously undefeated Shadron 28-20. to And I know, obviously, it's still an upset and still a surprise, but there's also a part of me, at least, that was like, eh, maybe that isn't entirely yeah. surprising because again Chadwin was kind of an unknown commodity considering the schedule they had coming into this field undefeated yeah definitely I I think the seating in terms of seating in terms of record that's the upset in terms of quality I think it was a very close game throughout mm-hmm. so it just shows how how evenly matched those two teams are and Battle Creek they played a really tough schedule they're a great team yeah. with those three losses so you know, it shows why they were able to score the most points anybody had on Shattering all season. And definitely just throughout C1, it, it kind of showed just the overall quality, like we said. And definitely in that 116, Ashland Greenwood beating Adam Central 23-12. 
And you know, you might think, oh, that's really close. Well, that that's just how Ashland wins all their games. Those those type of scores are pretty common, and and we know how good Adam Central were, almost a top ten team throughout the year. Um, just just a case of all that depth and C one, and some other interesting results. Boone Central only beating Wayne forty two thirty five. They played earlier in the year, a little bit wider margin of victory. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just indicative of a trend that I've mentioned before. It's just hard to beat yeah. the same team twice. They make adjustments. They know the players. It's whatever caught them off guard. You know, they just have a chance to kind of correct it and do that, um, which is something I, I look at a lot in the, kind of the playoff projections if they played already. And Wahoo with the win over Auburn, 24-13, and Columbus Lakeview over Milford as well. Those were two. Two of the other interesting results, uh, the lower seed winning, but again, these teams are so close in quality that it doesn't, the seed doesn't really matter that much yeah. to me in C1. And we'll talk, of course, we'll preview all the quarterfinal matchups later, but again, there's a crazy top eight that could have a lot yeah. of cool combinations of semifinal teams. And then to finish out in C2, many of them went as expected, but the biggest one is Wibble Cretonia, the 13th seed, defeating number four UTAN 27 26. Yep, that was it was an interesting result to me because I thought UTAN can maybe make a run themselves. They are a great team. Um so to see Wilbur pull off that win is is a credit to that program. Got a great quarterback, Rosen Treader there, dangerous with his arm and his legs, and that, that kind of showed a, a big late win there, of course, only by one point. You know, those those two teams were very close. And Wilbur was one of those teams where, you know, they picked up multiple losses during the regular season. You think, oh, you know, they might be a little beat up they might not you know have that like playoff attitude be able to go on a long run all it takes is that first win just to get it rolling again they have that quality and 13 seed or not they are definitely a team that could pull off another big upset win this next week all those games will be at six or seven o'clock on friday uh but we're gonna shift gears just for a second we have some events going on in Lincoln this weekend, actually starting tomorrow. Um, or, in fact, when this is released, it's going to be the day of. State Volleyball is this week in Lincoln. It returns. Yep. It is here again. Um, I believe all the games except for the final finals yep. is going to be at PBA. It's all at PBA oh. except for finals at Devaney, which is nice. I'm sure, you know, the, just the four-day format I'm sure the extra day of rest is really appreciated for some of those teams that win day one and for the lower classes to get a game at PBA. Just a great experience. I know everybody, it's kind of intimidating for some of those teams, you know, to come in, you know, whether you're from Lincoln, you're from half an hour, you're from seven hours away. It's still, it's a huge arena, but even if it is intimidating, even if they lose, that's just a great experience that I think they'll never forget much more than playing at North Star or Southwest or something like that, so... Well, let's break down the brackets. First, we're going to start in A, number one, Papillion La Vista South, who I believe is still ranked in the top 25 I think in the country. Three. Are their numbers? Yeah, top five team. So just, re- just regard that. Yeah. There's number three in the country, um, according to Max Prepst. Uh, they have hardly dropped a set all season. And, man, I, I, I know, we'll get to our state title picks, but I don't know if anyone is going to touch Papillion La Vista South. They're 36-0. Definitely. I mean— the talent level on that team last year was ridiculous. Um, came so close to winning back-to-back state titles. And so I'm sure it's been eating at them all year, mm-hmm. which, like, just having that motivation over the course of a whole season to not drop, like, any sets all along the way. I think it's three or four drop sets is all. 
Um, just a total credit, Ava Legrand, Setter, Medic, Ademi, the hitters. That is just as intimidating of a front three, I think, as you're going to see. And to be ranked, I mean, there's been a couple Nebraska teams. Scott, I know Elkhorn South last year was ranked nationally for a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But undefeated over the course of the year, just that volleyball heritage that they have there at Papio South, just such a strong program. Coach Katie Wright, she's done a great job since coming in. And ultimately, yeah, just a huge, huge favorite there in Class A, by far the best team in the state. And going to be a case of can anybody take a set off them, kind of get into their mojo, like get them down a little bit because the talent level is just there above all the other teams, I think. And it's interesting the story of this program for Papillion La Vista South, especially the last three years. You go back to 2019 when they won their first state championship as the seventh seed. They went 20-17 and 17 during the regular season, beat Elkhorn South in the opening round. Um, in fact, they sweep them. And then they uh, sweep Lincoln Pius X, who was the three seed. And then in five, uh, yes, five sets, they beat Gretna to win the state title. Next year, they lose to Elkhorn South. And now this year, they're 36-0, and 0 and, and they look like... No one's going to touch them. Just interesting because I remember yeah. being there in 2019 when it's like, oh, who's in this Class A final? Pap- Papio South. What? The seventh seed. Yeah, that, that year was definitely a surprise. Um, they came on very strong toward the end of the year after losing some matches early on. Just a case of some of those young players developing a little bit yeah. and really came into their own last year as a top team and just totally kept that going, which is incredibly impressive. In Class B, Omaha Scott is looking to go for their state record seventh straight title, but... Someone has finally come out of the waters to uh, challenge Scott, and that is Norris and one of their leading um, outside hitters, Ella Waters, too. Yep. <laughs> uh, funny enough. But, yeah, Norris looks really strong. I mean, what I think reached 30 wins, I believe. Yep. Um, and to me, they, I think, are the favorite, and they should be the favorite. They're the number one seed. Yeah, I think for this year in particular, I think this is – it might not be the greatest talent like team-wide that Norris has had. They've had some great teams over the last couple of years. But just the way that they've been able to pick up wins, the togetherness they have, I think the senior leadership on this team is, is probably the best we've seen in a little bit. And, you know, you have to consider for Norris if, you know, just for the sake of, you know, argument, if, if Omaha Scott never existed, if there was never a school Omaha Scott, they easily would have won three or four volleyball yeah. state titles in the last six or seven years. So I think this is this is really Norris's moment. Um, you look at Maisie Bosicker, their, their setter, Nebraska commit. I think she might be the best player in Class B. And so when you when you go down to those margins, you know, usually best player, does that make for the best team? Oftentimes it does. So just the way she runs that offense is phenomenal. Just a tremendous talent. And Scott obviously has some great hitters, some great players all over the court as well. And it's it's pretty hard to see any other team than those two meeting in the final. No. That was the case last year. Two years ago it didn't happen, but that was a, a semifinal matchup, I believe. So these, these teams are used to seeing each other at the state tournament, and that will be one heck of a match if it happens. And they're catching Scott in a down year, and a down year for them is, what, 21-5 and five they are? Which yeah. Which is absurd. But um, Norris and Scott... I think everyone's hoping for that final matchup should be pretty exciting. And as well as C1, Lincoln Lutheran, who is looking like a title contender once again. They were reeling from their loss um, of Mariah Buss, one of their 
best players, arguably the best player in school history, losing her last season, still made it to the state semifinals, I believe. Yep, semifinals. Yep. Yeah. Uh, lost there, but now they're back this year as the one seed, and they look mighty good. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, for Lutheran last year, too, it's I'll note that they were so close to making the state title game as well. Went up 2-0 against St. Against Paul in that match and ended up falling, you know, Impossible to say if if they or Wahoo would have won in the finals, but they definitely would have had a shot at winning another state title. So it could have been going for three in a row here. Just a lot of those same players, They I think they only lost two or three seniors from last year's team. So it, it just goes to show all that experience coming back. Abby Wackel, their top hitter, phenomenal player. But, you know, she gets all that attention and her teammates step up time and time again. That's why they have 34 wins. It's not just because of one player. It's because... That team atmosphere that head coach Sue Ziegler always creates, she's she's perfect for these playoff runs. Just a tremendous volleyball program there. And one of those teams that I think, you know, with the playoff experience will be a huge boost. You look at some of the other contenders and Grand Island Central Catholic with Coach Zavala up there. Of course, legendary winning there. Yeah. Won so many state titles. Doesn't matter what the record seat is. Just like Omaha North, yep. get to the playoffs, yeah. you know, that, that team, you don't want to play them. So they have experience, too. But you look at some of the others, Columbus Lakeview. Say the top five yeah. are really stacked. Carney Catholic was at state last year, so they have experience as well. Uh, Bishop Newman, a little bit of a newcomer there that, that has some interest. So going to be interesting to see if the experience in some of those teams really helps or if it's just going to be some of these newcomers having a hot year, a good senior class or a good couple of players coming in can make a run in C1. And let me correct myself, uh, Lincoln Lutheran is actually the three seed. Carney Catholic is the one seed, while GICC is the second seed. Yeah, that top five is really something in C1. It's certainly going to be interesting because most likely you're going to get GICC Lincoln Lutheran in one semifinal, yeah. and then Carney Catholic and then Lakeview in the other semi. But that's a real toss-up between Lakeview and Syracuse. I'll actually be covering that game on uh, tomorrow, in fact. And that one, yeah, was, I mean, Syracuse, they lost one game, one match. <laughs> I think I think that was the case um, maybe last year or two years ago. Yeah, they, they came in with just one or two losses and I think went out in the first round game, which... To Lakeview, by the way, yeah, so this is a rematch. Pretty brutal. Um, but when you get to state, it's like the margins are so yeah. slim. You know, ultimately, they might have been able to bully a lot of the teams they played, you know, win easy three-setters. But at state, man, it's tough. Yep. You, you know, you just get in that environment, get a couple points down, and I think... Whichever team has handled that adversity, has handled that environment, has a much better chance at overcoming that. Well, Luke, let's go through our state title picks, why don't we? Um, Let's start in Class A. I think me and you are pretty similar in that way. Um, Papillion, La Vista South, and we don't see anyone touching them, but we said that about the top three in football, and look what happened. So, (laughs) Good point to make. Um, Definitely, I think I got to pick Papio. I don't think anybody's going to be able to take a set off them except maybe in the final, whoever gets there. I'm um, just going to give a quick shout-out to Lincoln Southwest, having one of their best seasons in a while. Shaylee Myers, the senior, just one of the best players in the state. Um, got the chance to watch her last year and over the last couple of years just really develop as a player. Um, just one of those go-to hitters that they can always count on for 20-plus kills. Um, super excited to see what she does at the state tournament in her senior year. And I think you know, it's one of those cases where if Papio South was a one seed that had lost four or five matches, mm-hmm. you know, that it had its struggles, you know, you'd be you'd be looking at a team like Millard West, like Lincoln Southwest, like Westside, and you'd say, oh, you know, they're dark horses. They can yeah. make a title run. 
Well, yeah, you know, m- maybe one of those teams makes it to the title game, but it's just hard to see anybody yeah. beating Papio South. Certainly, yep. I have Papio South as well. I don't really think anyone's going to touch yeah. them. In Class B, we're divided a little bit. Let's go with yours first. Yeah, I, I think Scott gets it done again, um, which apologies to all the Norris fans that are listening. I I love that program. I think, you know, it's going to be a great battle. Um, but Coach Saunders up at Scott, they always just turn up for, for state tournament time. You know, even if it's that dominant team that's won 34 matches, still you can slip up. You know, there's there's no question about it. And I think the hitters that they have this year as well, Ava Haney, Ivy Luck, and Morgan Burke, young players under those some of those teams really coming into their own this year, getting the chance to be those starters. I think the experience they had learning from some of those older players will help quite a lot. A very well-rounded team, you know, maybe not as dominant as other years, but in the case of that experience, I think Scott might have a, an edge in, in some of the depth as well. Norris's starting rotation is is incredibly talented, so could easily see it being mm-hmm. a five-setter. I just think that, that Scott, you know, with the chance at history, I think this team will understand what that means and, and kind of play to the level needed to achieve it. I'll go down and get my inner Lee Corso. Not so fast. <laughs> uh, I got I got I got Norris. Um you, you mentioned the argument earlier, Macy Belsinger, who's arguably the best player in class B, and I think for the first time in a decade, the best player in that class on the court will not be on yeah, Omaha's gut. That's a good point. And I think that makes a big difference. You add in Ella Walters on the outside, Ella Waters on the on the outside, and just the depth of this Norris team. And just there's something special, there's, like reading the stories and how they've gone through this season. There's something about this team that feels like they're state championship worthy. And catching Scott at kind of a down year, I say that yep. in air quotes, um, I think it lines up perfectly. And I think Norris does follow through and win that state title. And so, would that be their first ever? Um, no, I think they won one like a decade ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, senior class that they have. Sometimes it's like your last shot to do it yeah, too. You just get that feeling of it being their year, and it definitely that is the case. So, could easily go their way. We go to C one, and me and Luke, we're hanging with the city schools here. We got we both got Lincoln Lutheran. Yep, for sure. I, you know, just knowing Coach Ziegler and some of the players on that team from the last couple of years, um, I I saw the hunger in them last year. Saw it before the season. Just got a chance to talk to them a little bit, and the results on the court have just proved it. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent on that team, not just six deep, but 10 deep, is super strong. And when it comes to state tournament time, they are always locked in. Yeah. I know that, that that match against St. Paul, that is the only instance I've ever seen them just get rattled and just lose it. You know, dropping from, from two sets to up to 3-2 losses is, is huge. I think that's going to be motivating them the whole way. And just just one of those teams where C1 is so close that I just know more about Lutheran, have seen more and very familiar with their program. So got to predict them to win, but the the gap in C1 is very slim. I think, like like we keep saying, all those top five teams could be anybody's game to, to win in C1, that's for sure. It's interesting because last year during their state, uh, when they made it to state, I covered them for, I think, their sub-districts and their district final. And I was looking at the team like, this is a good team, but you can still tell that they were young, and still trying to fill that void that was left behind my bus. But it was like, in a year or two, this team is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happened this year. They've grown up. They have the experience now. And, I mean, 
Abby Wackel's still a junior, so they have her returning. But they, yes, you got Molly Barton, who's a senior. Um, Ashlyn DeBoer, who's the setter, I believe. Or, I mean, yes, yep. Yep. Uh, she's a senior. This team, they have a bunch of veterans. They have the experience now. And it's interesting because there is this kind of thing in sports where when your best player graduates, it's kind of like we relied so much upon them. It's kind of like, like I mentioned before, there's just this void, this mm-hmm. awkward void that's yeah. there all year. Now that's gone. And I I mean, maybe Lutheran can tell me otherwise that it wasn't like that last year at all. But um, from an outsider's perspective, it kind of seemed like that. And this year, no. They that, seem like yeah. the team to do it. Definitely. I think all those pieces just fit together so yep. well. Oxley at middle blocker as well deserves a shout out. And just all those players, it's it's kind of that case where the, the pieces, you know, the sum of a whole, they all just play together so well. Yep. They have that experience from the last couple of years. Up to seniors, some of that leadership is just great now and going to be super exciting to see what they do at State. In C2, I think both of us are, are – we don't know as much in these lower classes, but just based on what we've seen um, and read, uh, we both believe Oakland Craig will get the job done in C2. Yep. They had a lot of talent last year as well, um, but fell a bit short. And I, I just think it's a case of maturing, having that course of the regular season, being one of those top teams. Um, the expectation is kind of there for them, so – I'm sure they'll be very happy to to be coming into state as kind of the favorite there. I do think Superior, Shayla Meyer, one of the best players in the state here coming in C2. She's one of those single-handedly can win a match, 25, 30 kills. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if, what she can do for Superior. Norfolk Catholic, great team as well. They've made state last couple of years. Got a good young team that's matured a little bit there as well. And Clarkson Lay, um, they made state last year as well. Um, so all, all of those teams, I think, have the ability to make a run. I just give Oak, Oakland Craig uh, the edge there. Then in D1, I went in a little gutsy. I went with BDS. I know they're the eighth seed. But still, when you take a look at their record, let me track it down, 26-5. and five. I mean, they won a state title a couple of years ago. Um, Max Preps doesn't have a roster on me, so I can't bring up the names. But there's one. Oh, gosh, I can't remember her name. She's outside here, one of the more dominant Kimler. players. Yes, Kamler, yep. who's just whew, one of the most dominant yeah. outsiders I've ever seen in uh, Nebraska high school volleyball. But they got her, and I believe they have uh, the Sliva twins. Yep. Yep, back. So, I mean, I'm going gutsy. I'm, I'm going to go with them. I'm going to roll with the eight seed going all the way into the state title. You never know. I think the field is very open in D1. All, a lot of these teams have some of that experience. They've been at state quite a few years in a row. Um, just having some great volleyball talent coming through. Um, so I'm going with Archbishop Bergen. Came really close last couple seasons. Like Fickenstein, Baker, two of those great players that have, have really kind of matured over the last couple of seasons. Um, How was Dodge, another team that deserves a shout-out with the Bomberts as well. Two excellent players there um, looking to make a run. Made state last year in a lower class in C2, I believe. Um, so went down to D1 with redistricting. Um, so going to be interesting there as well. I, I just think that D1 is field is wide open. And Bergen, a lot of experience, great coaching there. I That's why I'm picking them as, as my champion. And then to round things out is D2. I'm going with the top seed and the favorite, Fall City Sacred Heart, Erica Vonderschmidt, who's pretty good at basketball too. She's mm-hmm. leading the team uh, for Sacred Heart, and I think they have a pretty good draw uh, to get to at least the state final. Um, so I'm going uh, with the Irish. 
definitely a good pick. Uh, they would be my number two. Um, really hard to, to pick against them, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick Diller Odell um, to repeat, which, you know, that's it might sound difficult to, you know, say, oh, a defending champion, you know, that'd be a, a little bit of an upset. But I think without Addison Heidemann, the expectations for this year were always going to be a bit lower. But Carly Heidemann, 522 kills this season. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, very rarely do you get the chance to see very many Division One athletes completing at the Class D2 level. And she'll definitely be, wherever she ends up committing, just a phenomenal player. And one of those instances where they have the best player in Class D2, will that be able to get them a state championship? It's not for sure, but she changes the whole course of a match. I mean, 30 kills, not an overstatement if it, it goes four or five sets. So that's why I'm going to Odell. She's a, she's a monster out there. Well, you there you have it. Those are state volleyball picks. State volleyball runs from Wednesday all the way to Saturday. And it's going to be a busy day in Lincoln. Ohio State comes to town. State volleyball finals are going on to Vanny. If you like high school and college sports, man, what a time to be in Lincoln. I'm telling you what. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we preview and break down the quarterfinals of this state playoffs for football and then hot takes of the week to finish out. We'll be right back on the Prep Extra Podcast. Welcome back. Last quarter of the Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star alongside Luke Mullen. I am your host, Jeff Ekstrom. And Luke, let's break down these quarterfinals for football. We just got done talking about state volleyball that's going on this week. Now we got state football. We'll start in Class A. Weird matchup. Number 16, Omaha North at number 8, North Platte. If you were the Bulldogs in North Platte, you weren't really expecting to host yeah, um, no a playoff game in the second round. But here they are, and that's going to be interesting. Because North Platte has shown glimpses this season of being a great yeah. team against Omaha North, who obviously is coming off a red-hot win over Miller South, the number one seed. It's going to be interesting, though, because this happens in college all the time, and I don't maybe it happens a little bit in high school, but always after an unranked team underdog pulls off a huge upset, there's always a big letdown the next week. Yeah. And usually they lose that game. But this is Larry Martin we're talking about for Omaha North. He's paid his dues. He knows how to coach. Yeah. So I don't know if I'm really expecting that. I think no matter what, even if they do have a letdown, they're always going to have belief this week. Um, how, how could you not after the five-week run they've had? So I think for North Platte, you know, just a side note, they got like six or seven inches of snow. I saw a picture. They had a snow-covered football field out there on Monday. Um, so a little bit of an interesting conditions. Not sure what how they <laughs> how yeah. they got a practice done on Monday. So they've probably been preparing in the cold a little bit. Um, I'm 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 assuming there's not going to be any snow. I think it'll just be cold temperatures this Friday. Um, but we're at that point in the season where that is kind of a concern. The weather conditions. Um, so I I think that obviously favors North Platte's style of football. Um, the talent of Omaha North is just tremendous, but. Long bus ride as well, um, difficult conditions for another road game. You know, not quite the same as, you know, going 25 minutes to the number one team, be amped up for that with, with obviously nothing to lose. And not, not that they have, you mm-hmm. know, tremendous expectations on them now. 
It's just a case of, you know, are you as pumped up for this game? Are you able to generate that same level of, of play that you did? And they very well, they very well might be able to. Uh, but, yeah, North Platte, just a, a great team as well. I see this one being very close. Yeah. Uh, Others throughout Class A, you have number 11, Grand Island, and number 3, Bellevue West. Then Omaha Burke is at Omaha West Side. But the other one I think we should touch upon is Gretna, number 5 seed, is at number 4 seed, Elkhorn South. That one's going to be a war. I mean, I don't know who. You probably just give the edge a little bit to Elkhorn South, maybe just for just because they're ranked higher and seed higher, but they're at home. I mean, this one's as close as it gets. And because they beat Gretna yeah. during the regular season, the only loss for Gretna. Um, so hey, I say you can't beat them twice. I think I think Gretna wins. Um, obviously, a, a little bit biased because I got to see them play a really great game mm-hmm. last week. Um, I know Elkhorn South had a, had a good effort as well against Carney in a little bit of a late window. There, going to have to to do that again this week. And I think these two teams are just about as as evenly matched as it gets. Five seed, four seed. One loss each. The talent level is just great. Um, I really do see that one being whoever gets the ball last, whoever can get that late score in, you know, make a big play late, something like that. Um, if you're there in the area, you know, that that would be a great one to go watch because you said it's going to be war, it's going to be a battle. Yep. Whatever word you want to put on it, I think that one is just going to be an incredible Class A football game to watch. In Class B, I think one of the best ones, and it doesn't really correlate with seeding, but I think Waverly at Bennington. Yep. I think that one's going to be really good because they played during the regular season, yes? No. Oh, they didn't? Okay. That makes it even more interesting. Well, I don't believe so. I should double-check that. But um, I've always thought all season long that Waverly had pretty similar talent to some of those top five teams. Um, You know, they had a loss to Scott. Um, was a real heartbreaker. I lost to Elkhorn, another one in that same vein. So th- those losses ultimately haven't really set them back that much. Um, you know, being in this position, being in the quarterfinals, they do have to take on the number one seed. But, you know, coaches always say it, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to have to beat a team of that caliber at some point, whether it's now or the state title game, whatever, you know, luck of the draw gives you. So I look at both those teams, great lines. That's going to be a battle in the trenches for sure. Um, going to be a fun one. And I think just just the way the Waverly offense has played the last couple of weeks gives it a little bit more indication this could be a big upset. I still think, you know, we we talked about Bennington as by and far the title favorite at home. Um, I, I still got to favor them in this matchup, but could easily see this going right down to the wire. Overtime in Bennington, who says no? Yes, you never know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think Bennington does win it all, but this is a matchup that this could be like, their biggest challenge of the playoffs, being quite honest. Yeah. Um, they might, I don't want to say roll the other teams, but I mean, after this, since they haven't played each other, they've, they're playing familiar foes after this. So give or take however you want that. But I think this one could be really close. And I think the other one to highlight uh, is Omaha Scott is at Plattsmith. Plattsmith, who struggled last week against Omaha Gross, taking on a Scott team who's coming off a big 31 to 10 win. Um, and I mean, Scott's just always a tough out. They are, yeah. Especially now that it's playoffs, you do not want to see that green and black on the yeah. other side of the field. That is trouble. Um, yeah, that that team is playing great right now. I I think just the level that they're at should suit them well for a playoff run. And I, I look at that and also the Scotts Bluff Aurora matchup too. Um, you know, I, I expect Aurora to win that, but I think all those teams are pretty evenly matched. So 
you know, it, if it comes down to like a, a 35-30 or, you know, 28-21, like a one-score game, you know, that, that leaves you on to the next round feeling pretty much the same. But if one of these teams can can really kind of run away with it and, and really show that they are, you know, a, a much better team than the other side, um, that, that would give a lot more credibility to them, you know, being a tile favorite along, alongside Bennington as well. So it's not just the top side of the bracket there. The bottom side has those teams if, if they can make that run. So going to be interesting in Class B if, you know, the top four really separates themselves yeah. or if it is this, this top eight yeah. that, that I have the feeling it is. And then in C1, again, we set this beginning of the bracket. It's just so wide open and a ton of great matchups. Luke, you are headed to Pierce for the first ever yep. time to see number one seed Ashley Greenwood visit number nine Pierce. And now, just for clarification of the rules, is it only Class A that um, the number one seed has home a field advantage? A, okay, yep. A and B has advantage throughout the entirety of the playoffs. So Ashley Greenwood will be on the road at number nine Pierce. What do you see from that matchup? Yeah, so I, I said whoever wins this one is winning state, and I'll stand by it here. Um, both of these two teams, the talent level is phenomenal. Um, some great senior classes, the expectation of being there late in the playoffs. And for Ashland, it's it's really tough, too, because I think they have a great home field advantage. You know, They pack up that place. They're yeah. used to, to winning big games there on Friday nights. So having to make the trek up to Pierce um, will be a little bit of a challenge for them. And the Pierce offense just by and far will be the best they've seen all season. Um, I put a I put a note on it in my predictions. You can read all of them, journalstar.com. Breaking down all the classes in print, not in voice as we are here. Um, but Ashton Greenwood just averaging about 10 points allowed per game. Pierce scoring about 40. So, <laughs> you know, unstoppable force, immovable object, just exactly that. You know, which side is going to come out on top in that matchup? If it's... 21-20, you know, that, that might be an Ashland win. If it's 30-28, that might be a Pierce win. So going to be super interesting. I think both these teams are are so close in terms of talent, in terms of ability. I, I could easily, again, see this one be late fourth quarter, um, maybe over time. I won't say no. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and then I think the other matchup that's really interesting is three-seed Boone Central at Columbus Lakeview. Lakeview, I think right now, is probably the hottest team in C1, taking on a Boone Central team that barely escaped Wayne last week, 42-35. Boone Central is my uh, state championship pick, but I also predicted that Lakeview is a dark horse in C1 yeah. just because of how well they've played. Yeah, I I do think Boone Central probably comes away with this, in my opinion, but that Lakeview team, way better than whatever seed they are, played a great regular season. And the one thing I will note, too, about kind of the, the home games alternating, um, in C1 it was quite interesting. All four of the teams that will be hosting this week were the lower seed last week, and they won. They were on the road, which is why they get a play at home. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see in C2 there's a couple, um, you know, high seeds that are getting the chance to play at home again just because the higher seed in the other matchup won as well. And in that instance, it, it defers to the team with the higher average since they were both at home last week. Um, so Pierce, Battle Creek, L- Lakeview, and Wahoo, all getting home games this week in C1 because they, they did the hard work, went on the road last week to get those wins, um, which, you know, that's a discussion for another time. But I'm sure all those programs just love the fact that they get to play at home again. Yeah. The home fans don't have to travel. Um, a huge game for those seniors in the playoffs. So home field advantage comes in quite big. Sometimes, you know, the difference between these teams is so slim home field can make a big difference there. So Lakeview at home, that's another boost to their chances for sure. 
Then to round things out in C2, I think number six, Lincoln Lutheran at the three seed or And that's a long road trip for it Lutheran is. all the way up in the world. I've been there once. It's not a fun drive. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. Ord obviously won huge last week. Yeah, I, Ord, you know, at, at the start of the year, obviously, it was kind of a question, were they going to be at the same level as their state title team? Pick up an early loss, and they drop in the rankings, and it's like, okay, you know, write them off. We'll see where they are in six weeks. Well, here they are. They're a title favorite yeah. again. You know, they they got a great running game. The The new players have really stepped up for them. And for Lutheran, a bit of bad luck. Um, some injuries last week. Their their great lineman Jack Lahru, um, I, I think he suffered a torn MCL, so he'll be out. Um, I'll, I'll get the chance to talk to Lutheran probably a little bit tomorrow. See how they're how they're doing, how they're feeling. Um, but that that is going to be a tough game for them. Um, credit to their defense has been just carrying them all season, and they're going to need to do it again against that top or rushing attack. Um, going to be interesting in C2. I, I do see a lot of these these top teams winning again, but that 5-13 Hastings, St. Cecilia at Wilbur, um, I think I think Wilbur could win that one too as, as a lower seed progressing again. Um, very wide open in C2, except those top teams are favored, but ultimately, you know, these matchups is the quality is still very close, even if yeah. even if I think these top teams are going to win. Who knows? You never know with state playoffs, but Luke, to finish out the show, our hot takes. I'll start out. I know it's going against my state championship pick. I know. But Columbus Lakeview has been playing really well. Their defense is one of the top, in, if not the best playing defense at the moment right now in C1, along with Ashton Greenwood. Mm-hmm. They upset Boone Central at home. They get the job done. They move on to the semifinals, and they say, no, Jeff, your state championship <laughs> pick, not happening. It could happen. They They have a great offense. They're just playing so well right now um really on a roll and you know coming off that huge win over scotus in week nine beating milford last week it's like you know all all those teams are maybe a little step below boone central but they're very close so they have to have the utmost confidence that they can just keep that same level of play going um that they they haven't been challenged in the fourth quarter you know they haven't been down to the wire that might change this week but the way that they've been playing i they could win by two touchdowns again. You never know. And, Luke, you got a few here. Yeah, I got a trifecta for you. Um, thankfully, been predicting all these games online, as I mentioned. And so in Class A, I'm going to say that Omaha North keeps the miracle run going, and they beat North Platte. I, I do think it's going to be really tough for them that North Platte defense is, is going to be able to look at the film, you know, all that stuff that worked last week against Millard South, um, see if they can shut it down. But I just think that Omaha North, you know, Throw the seat out the window. Throw the record out the window. They're hot right now. They can keep it going. And I think something similar will happen in C1. Um, Battle Creek coming off that win over Shadron. Um, a, a, a great team there as well. So I'm going to say that they beat SCOTUS, which had that big Week 9 loss to Lakeview. Kind of dropped dropped a few points in my estimation of you know being a C1 title favorite. So Battle Creek can keep it going there. They're at home. And then my final hot take I'll say Hardington Cedar Catholic gets revenge. They played Norfolk Catholic, lost in a very close, hard-fought game a couple weeks ago. Um, so I'm going to say that they get revenge this time around, beat top-seeded Norfolk Catholic, and a little bit of a surprise there in C2. There you go. All the hot takes you need. We have top seeds going down. We have yep. the 16 seeds going on a miracle. And all the action and chaos you want, we have it here on the Prep Extra Podcast. 
That's going to do it from us. We hope you enjoyed it. Plenty of volleyball and state football. That's all happening this week, and you can catch all the action on PrepExtra.com. Luke will be at that Ashland Greenwood Pierce matchup, so make sure to follow him on Twitter, LMullen7, for updates and then all the analysis of that game. And you'll be at State Volleyball on Wednesday yep. as well, covering C1 along with me. So make sure to check out all that action as well. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure to follow Luke, like we mentioned on Twitter, LMullen7, uh, as well as myself, X on Sports, and everything you need to know on PrepExtra.com. From Luke Mullen, I'm your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much. Now enjoy the playoff football in State Volleyball.